Conservatives are celebrating as a transvestite YouTube star says that the leftist gender ideologues have gone too far. I'm not into all the other bullshit. I think. What other bullshit? The they and them. Yeah. And all that extra shit that we added during the pandemic because everyone mm. was so bored on their f***ing houses. They just started to make up more shit and more more, shit. more stuff. Yeah. That's where the conservatives like me because I'm just real. Yeah, you There's do no, have a conservative you're vibe to you. You're not they and them. You're trans, you're male or you're female. And you're standing and on that. so mad when I say that. How are you a they? What the f*** does that mean? It's stupid is what it is. Yeah. But you need someone like me that looks like me to say it. Because if you say it, it turns into you're homophobic. You hate trans people. You hate gays. And it's just how you feel. You don't hate anyone. You just think it's stupid. That guy is Jeffrey Steininger. Goes by the stage name Jeffrey Starr. And a number of conservatives, of fairly prominent conservatives, are lauding him for saying enough is enough with the non-binary, they, them gender pronouns. And all I can think is, this is how conservatives always lose. This is the new line. This is the new Overton window of acceptable political discourse in 2023. The line is, transgenderism is fine, but non-binary is crazy. Yeah, you tell them, Jeffrey. Democrats, they're the real transphobes. Good grief. This is what always happens. 50 years ago, conservatives said, okay, feminism is fine, but homosexuality is crazy. Then 30 years ago, conservatives said, okay, homosexuality is fine, but gay marriage is crazy. Then 10 years ago, conservatives said, okay, gay marriage is fine, but transgenderism is crazy. And now, in the year of our Lord, 2023, conservatives are saying, you know it, okay, transgenderism's fine, but this non-binary stuff is crazy. They're saying, transgenderism is fine, but wait until they turn 18 to chop them up. Transgenderism's fine, but wait until they turn nine to teach them about it in school. That's in one of the most conservative states on this issue. They say, wait till eight. Once they turn nine, then you can talk about it. This is how we lose. Because we fail to understand what the left understands, which is that if you accept the left's basic premises, those premises are eventually going to be taken to their logical conclusions. If you accept the premise, in this case, that men and women are basically the same, you can start that out in the 70s. You can start that out with feminism. You are going to end up here. You can try to slow it down a little bit. You can try in vain to push pause on the unfolding of history based on certain premises, but you're never going to stop it. You're certainly never going to stop it at transgenderism is fine, but non-binary is crazy. In fact, the guy who articulated that view to much conservative fanfare is already walking it back. Anyone that is trying to make it seem like I said that non-binary people don't exist, I never said that. Record this right now. Never said it. You're putting words in my mouth. I said I don't like the pronouns and I don't agree with them. I never said that they don't exist. I'm a freak. I'm a part of the LGBT community. I'm pansexual. I'm bisexual. Whatever the f*** you want to call me. I don't like labels. I like guys. I like girls. I like sleeping with both. But I love men. Whatever you think that it, that means to you, I don't care. Label it however you want, but don't put words in my mouth. I do not agree with a few things. I'm old school. But this new, all these 
30 terms, girl, stop, stop complicating everything. Just chill, take a hit, relax, and don't put words in my mouth. There he is, Jeffree Star, Mr. Conservative. That's the most conservative guy in America 30 years from now. I'm only half joking. 30 years from now, it's going to be 2053. We're going to say, man, you remember that far right winger Jeffree Star? That's what's going to happen if the American right doesn't wake up and start offering people something other than just the leftism of 10 years ago. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. A really big show. I sound like I sound like, uh, who's that? The most famous uh, broadcaster of all time. No, no, his name escapes me. We are a really big show, really, really big show. Uh, coming up, we have an American service member who is uh, suffering what seems to be a vaccine injury because of the vaccine mandate. Uh, we're going to chat about it a little bit, even on YouTube. We'll see if they shut us down, and then we're going to have a lot more of it over at the member block. So stick around until the end of the show. Ed Sullivan, that's his name. I can't believe his name escaped me. My favorite comment Last week is from Phil Veda, who says, counting down the days until the government starts cracking down on coincidence noticing. I think that's already basically against the law. Certainly violates the mores established by our ruling elite. But yeah, pretty soon you're going to see a bill. No more noticing coincidences. No more noticing when people have heart attacks and strokes after they take that vaccine. You're not allowed to notice that sort of thing. Okay. Now, unfortunately, people who have an even semi-proper education do notice these trends. And when you want to get a good education, you got to check out Grand Canyon University. Right now, head on over to gcu.edu. Are you ready to take the next step in your education, but struggling to fit traditional classes into your busy schedule? Grand Canyon University's online programs are designed to make earning your degree easy and accessible, no matter your age or stage in life. I really love Grand Canyon University. I visited Grand Canyon University some years ago. I was giving a speech for YAF. I just love the students. I love the whole vibe of the place. Whether you're a busy professional looking to advance your career or a stay-at-home parent juggling family responsibilities, their online courses give you the flexibility you need to learn on your own terms. Grand Canyon University specializes in helping you fit your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree into your busy day. From scholarships to customized scheduling, your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. So why wait? If you are ready to take your education to the next level, you need Grand Canyon University. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, gcu.edu. That is gcu.edu. Speaking of the sexual revolution, you remember that teacher, that male teacher up in Canada who showed up to school with the gigantic prosthetic breasts. I think they were size Z. I'm not joking about that. And he showed up and he was had the breasts in shop class. Kids were kind of making fun of him and recording videos. And he said, look, this is my sexual identity. I'm transgender. I'm a woman. Some women have very large breasts. How dare you? How dare you question my identity? Well, Turns out there's a little more to the story. At the time, I said, you know, there's a chance that this guy is trolling, that he might just be severely mentally ill, or he's trolling. And there were some rumors online that he was trolling. Well, here's what we know now. He goes by the name Kayla Lemieux. Previously, when he was a man, when he identified as a man, he went by Carrie. 
And he wears the blonde wig and the tight tops and all the rest of it. Well, one of Carrie's neighbors who chose to remain anonymous just told the New York Post that Carrie uh, only presents as a female in public, in very specific public situations. The neighbor says, he wears prosthetic breasts extremely infrequently. He puts the breasts on to teach occasionally when he goes for a walk or when the cops visit. But then this, this neighbor, I suppose, or one of the neighbors got some photos of this guy just walking around his neighborhood. And he's just walking around in sweats and like a t-shirt. And he just looks like a completely normal guy. To which I say, don't hate the player, hate the game. If this guy is trolling, which he very well might be, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. This guy is a member of the most maligned group in Western society. The only group that it is socially acceptable and encouraged to insult and that it is legal to discriminate against. That is white guys, just regular old white guys. And by saying, I'm actually a woman and putting on this big, ridiculous prosthetic breast system and then putting on the wig, he's saying, oh no, now I'm an oppressed minority. And if you dare to question this clown show that I'm putting on, I am going to sue you into oblivion. I am going to make this an international incident. I'm going to have the jobs of the administration of this school. And so what happens? He just keeps teaching. He's been, this story broke months ago and he just keeps on teaching. He didn't make the rules of the game. This guy is just playing the game. He's gaming the system. Possibly. Look, maybe he's just a crazy guy. He could just be a crazy guy. But from what I'm seeing here, it's very possible that he's just gaming the system to which I say, well done, sir. Would that we could simply tear the system down. But one way to tear systems down is to reveal them as preposterous, to show that the emperor has no clothes. He's doing a great job of that, whether he wants to or not, whether that's the intention or not. White guys, regular old white guys, are considered the scum of the earth. This is a public view. Now, there was a TikTok just went viral uh, of an Asian woman explaining how much she doesn't like white people. Hi there, you must be new to my account. I say white to remind people that white supremacy is everywhere. Because in order for true equality to happen, white supremacy has to be dismantled. And a lot of people are not even aware of their use of whiteness unless someone like me points it out by calling it white. In your case, you as a white woman telling an Asian woman how to speak on her account is a pretty privileged mindset. Because I would have never thought to go to your account and say, hey, your face is really annoying. You should change your profile photo. I would never say that to you. Like that would have never crossed my mind. Like who am I to tell you that? And you should have awareness of your actions. You as a woman telling me how to speak is tone policing. And that's a behavior that's very common among white women. You may have not intended that, but there are many white women who act exactly like you. So that's why I say white, to raise your awareness. Because it's so ingrained in you, you may not realize it. And maybe next time when you're about to do the very same thing, my annoying white will ring in your ear and stop you. 
So you're welcome. This is just a crazy woman, right? This is just a crazy fringe woman. Actually, this is the public opinion of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the whole establishment media, the universities, the entertainment culture, and the government. White people are bad. She's saying white. She's, she's making a sound as though she's pulling up phlegm to spit. That's why she's pronouncing it that way. As, as, as if to say white people, are they're, they're worse than spit. They deserve to be spit upon. That is not just some angry, bigoted lady's opinion. That is what is being taught in schools. What's being taught in schools is that whiteness is intrinsically evil and needs to be abolished. There are calls to abolish whiteness in major newspapers and magazines. It's not just this crazy lady. In fact, rather than this crazy lady changing the culture to hate white people, I suspect it was the other direction. I suspect the culture, which constantly reinforces the idea that whiteness is bad and white people should be ashamed of themselves and, and white privilege and whiteness, I guess, is something to be abolished. Very likely that cultural view, which long predates that woman, helped to form her views. This is the view on the admissions committees. This is the view in hiring practices. This is the view of the government which is dedicating resources and energy toward dismantling whiteness and all the rest of it. This is your country. Do not write that crazy lady off. It's, it's just like the Jeffree Star video. You, you, you think that we're living in the same culture that we've been living in your whole life, but that Overton window of acceptable political dialogue has moved so radically far to the left that now we're in the place where saying, hey, white people aren't the absolute devil is a somewhat controversial opinion. I don't know that you're allowed to voice that at work, in the government, or in your schools. Not great stuff, all right? And we've got we've to heal our country. When you want to heal your country, well, one part of that is healing your body. When you want to heal your body, you got to check out Jace Medical. Right now, go to jacemedical.com. Use promo code Knowles. Have you gone to the store? Let's say you go to the grocery store recently, not been able to find something eggs, milk. Then when you do find them, you say, wait a second, these eggs are almost $9 per dozen. There are shortages and you should be concerned. Shortages don't just happen during crises like global pandemics or natural disasters. They happen every day and you need to be prepared for them. A great way to start preparing is with the Jace case from Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a whole host of bacterial illnesses. All you have to do is fill out a simple online form. Your information is reviewed by a board-certified physician. Your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Then you are prepared. It can be out of mind. You get peace of mind. Be like the Knowles's, okay? Be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com. Enter code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for a discount on your order. That is jacemedical.com, promo code Knowles. Speaking of white privilege, we turn our attention again to East Palestine, Ohio, where we are told the water is totally fine. The air is clean again. Even just a couple of weeks after this big, massive chemical smell, the water is totally safe to drink, except water utilities in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky have decided to shut down their water intake 
after the spill. This would be the Greater Cincinnati Water Works and Northern Kentucky Water District. They're just going to take some precautions. Why? Just just in case? No, because they tested the water and they found low levels of chemicals from the toxic spill in some places at intakes along the waterway. And they're seeing reports of fish dying en masse in the local waterways. And they're seeing the East Palestine residents who are getting headaches, who are getting, developing rashes because the town has been poisoned. So they're saying, well, look, we just, we've got some low levels of these chemicals being found, so we're going to shut down the water intake. Well, they can't be that low if you're going to shut down the water intake at two of these utilities in two different states. That seems like a pretty big problem that everybody is trying to downplay. I am seeing news of this story reported in very, very few places. And the, and the politicians are all trying to downplay it. Notice they won't go there. Joe Biden isn't going to East Palestine. There may eventually be enough political pressure that he has to go. You're not seeing Pete Buttigieg show up to East Palestine. You're not seeing the Ohio senator say that he will drink the water from East Palestine. Yeah, I want to ask you, would you drink the water in East Palestine? And do you think the officials there who are saying it's safe, they should drink the water too to show the residents that they, they would drink it? Well, I think they are. I mean, I talked to the mayor. The mayor said definitively, um, emphatically, that people can drink the water. The mayor's, I don't know, I don't think the mayor has small kids. He looks a little older to me. I, I didn't ask him but um, about bathing his kids, but he would, he has said he would drink this water. Right, but to show the residents who are so skeptical, do you think that they, they Well, I drink- think he probably is. Yeah, I, th- I think he probably is. Um, but I, I do think though, as I said, when, when, you know, you hear all this stuff about stock buybacks and they're under investing, as you say, in, in rail safety, the, the, the tracks themselves and the cars. Do you think these Democrat politicians who are saying the water's safe, do you think that, you know, you guys should all drink the water? Well, yeah, I think they are. Well, hold on, sir. You are one of the politicians. You are the Democrat senator from Ohio. You're trying to convince everybody the water is safe. So would you drink the water? And would the local politicians, the mayor of East Palestine and all the rest, would they drink the water too? Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they are. Bro, it's a very simple question. Will you drink the water? The answer is no. Obviously, Democrat Sherrod Brown is not going to take one sip of that water. Now, the other senator from Ohio, J.D. Vance, who's the Republican, he was asked this question, and he said, no, I wouldn't drink the water. I would drink bottled water, which fortunately for right now is still being given out for free in the community, but I would not drink the water because it's poisoned. Sherrod Brown doesn't want to admit that it's poisoned. No, no, I think they are. I think, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. I want to talk about I don't know, gun control or something. (laughs) Anything other than talking about this major environmental disaster. It's amazing that the Democrats, they only ever want to talk about the environment. They only ever want to talk about climate. Everything is related to climate. COVID was caused by climate change. Food shortages caused by climate change. Migration caused by climate change. We've got to save the environment, except when there's a gigantic toxic chemical spill. And then move along, move along. Nothing to see here. That doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if the libs care about the environment, which, which they don't really. And if the libs care about small town America, which they don't, they hate small town America. So if you want to talk about white privilege, I think, I think the white population of East Palestine, East Palestine, Ohio is like 90% or something. So we'll write that off. That's, that's those rural people, those hillbillies fly over bitter clinger, get cling to their guns and religion. Let small town America die. 
That's what you're hearing. And you're hearing it from even the politicians. Speaking of scientific ethics and viral TikToks, there's another video. It's actually somehow more disturbing than the first two that you just listened to. More disturbing than the racist Asian lady. More disturbing than Jeffree Star saying, listen, here, I've got the conservative line. Trans- Bestiality is fine, but pedophilia is too far. Listen, here, I'm, look, I'm totally fine with polycules involving three women, 10 dudes, and a billy goat. But when you introduce a rabbit, and that's too far. Okay, this one's actually more disturbing. This is a couple of fellas in a romantic relationship with one another uh, bragging about how they purchased a baby. So this is how we chose our beautiful egg donor. Um, so we wanted her to have lovely big eyes. I wanted her to have really thick hair because I've had two hair transplants. <laughs> I wanted her to have a really wide, nice smile and just look like a kind person. Yeah, and we wanted her to be creative because we love the arts. Yeah. So how it works is you join up with an egg donor agency and you literally go through thousands, that's what Stuart That's did. what I did. I went through thousands, thousands, thousands. I shortlisted them, sent them to Francis and yeah. let him decide. And then we had, I had three or four in front of me and then we had a few Zoom calls with the ones that we liked, and then the yeah. first egg donor let us down. Fuming, so second egg donor let us down. Oh, yeah. Fuming. Fuming, and then by the third, we literally found her, and I was like, oh, she's incredible. And when we got on the Zoom call, we were like, oh, be calm, God. play You're it so down, beautiful. don't be too keen. Um, and and luckily, she said yes, and this is the result. Yay! He's looking at Yay. So we were going out. We were going to look to where we could buy our cotton picker. You know, so we went to the market. We wanted, we knew we wanted a cotton picker with nice, big, broad shoulders and nice, thick, stocky legs like tree trunks, you know, do a great job out there in the field. And so we went. The first one didn't work out. Second one, we couldn't quite get him at the, at the fair. But the third one, finally, we got him. Isn't that great? Yeah. And as a result, isn't that great? Call me crazy. Call me old-fashioned. Call me some fuddy-duddy. I think it's wrong to buy people. I think that's wrong. And most people seem to agree with that concept when we talk about the past. They say, you know, going to a, a slave market and just viewing people as brute animals and then purchasing them and then having them as part of our household, that, that was wrong. We actually, was, we fought a very bloody war that was in large part over that issue. And now we just, we just do it again. Instead of, instead of buying black guys, we, we buy the eggs of poor women. And then we rent the wombs of other poor women. And then we have purchased ourselves a designer baby with just the right hair that we wanted and just the right eyes. We knew we wanted a big, nice smile. Give me, ah, oh, so sorry, lady. You're not, that smile's not big enough. Move along. Let's open up that catalog. Get some more. Get some more options here. Really awful. To say nothing of the fact that then these two men have created a child with the express intent of denying that child his mother. The relationship to one's mother is one of the most important relationships that one will ever have in one's life. The care of a mother, the nurturing of a mother. And these men decided to create a child with the express intent of ripping that child away from his mother. It is the most evil thing going on in the country today other than abortion, other than killing babies in the womb. Creating a baby for the purpose of pulling that baby away from his natural mother. It's so 
profoundly evil. And more broadly, treating people like commodities to be purchased on the open market. That is very, very evil. And it's not just the communists that we have to blame for this. And it's not just the radical left that we have to blame for this. This is a product of capitalism. This is, this is just a market. And instead of a, a, a regular market that we're used to, where you can buy tumblers and you can buy paper and you can buy all sorts of actual commodities, now we are commoditizing humans. And the left bears a lot of responsibility for that because the left degrades humanity and denies human nature as uh, being made in the image and likeness of God. And the right bears some responsibility for putting the cart before the horse and exalting the free market as a political end unto itself instead of what it is, which is a means to an end, the end being a flourishing society that recognizes the humanity of of all people and allows us to, to flourish in political society as humans and not just as stuff or brutes or animals. And we think this is progress. We say, oh, this is so enlightened. And we've moved the Overton window now where if you object to that, oh, you are a, you're a bigot. You're a terrible, terrible person. Even the conservatives, they'll say, look, I have no problem with two guys uh, redefining the fundamental political institution. And I, listen, I don't even really have a problem with those guys adopting a little newborn baby or creating a baby in a test tube or purchasing the eggs from a woman and then renting the womb from a woman in, say, Ukraine and then flying over and taking the baby from there. Just, I just think we shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to I don't know, pick their eye color or something. I don't even, that's probably not even a limit anymore. There's, there's no limit to that. We've moved so radically far to the left. Folks, it's no secret. The libs hate our country. They want to rewrite history. They want to villainize our heroes and omit key details from the historical record, such as the fact that on Christmas night, 1776, George Washington crossed the Delaware River in a sneak attack against British forces after shaving with a Jeremy's razor. That's a fa- that's history, okay? You probably didn't learn that in school. Few people know that, and it's a sad reflection of our great nation going woke. But like Washington before us, you can fight back against woke tyranny simply by picking up a magnificent Jeremy's razor during our 30% off President's Day sale. It is time that we celebrate history, not cancel it. Go to jeremysrazors.com today. Get 30% off any razor. That's jeremysrazors.com today. Speaking of capitalism, I mentioned this story right at the very end of last week. Bears going into a little bit. The cost of eggs has now surpassed the cost of beef. Dozen eggs right now, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, dozen large grade A eggs $4.82 in January. And depending on where you live, if you live in a city, if you get the fancy eggs that sweet little Elisa makes me buy, it could be double that. A pound of ground beef, $4.64. In January 2022, eggs were $1.93 and beef was $4.77. But egg prices have soared by 70% in the last year alone. The economy is faltering. Crime is on the rise. Education is in the doldrums. People don't trust elections anymore because we don't have faith in our institutions of government and because the libs keep changing all the rules right before the elections. We can't afford eggs. We can't afford a whole host of goods. And what is our president focusing on? Well, he's focusing on the important issues 
like giving Ukrainians pensions. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war, and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. It's really important. Those Ukrainians might not have something in their pockets. They might be struggling to go out and buy the really fancy eggs. You selfish Americans, you don't want to send them another $100 billion? Biden is so serious about the support for Ukraine that Joe Biden flew to Kiev in recent days. The White House announced, today President Biden is in Kiev to reaffirm America's unwavering commitment to Ukraine's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. The United States of America will stand with the Ukrainian people for as long as it takes. A lot of conservatives are very confused by this. And it's too bad because it's not a very complicated issue. The United States is a global empire. In fact, we are the most powerful empire in the world, and we have been for 70 or 80 years now. And Ukraine is one of our imperial holdings. We've had other imperial holdings over the years, Afghanistan, Libya, Iraq, the Philippines, Guam, Hawaii, sometimes Puerto Rico. Sometimes those imperial holdings become states. Sometimes we give them back and we give them independence, or relative independence at least, and sometimes they're in a, a sort of a middle ground. And it is quite clear that Ukraine is a vassal state for the American empire. That's what the war is about. The war is about Russia wanting to expand its empire into a, more of its traditional sphere of influence, to use Barack Obama's term, and the United States wanting to expand its empire and stave off the growth of other empires. And Ukraine, which is a buffer state, became a flashpoint here because of, I think, a very mismanaged foreign policy in which we forgot the value of buffer states and NATO wanted to expand even more into Ukraine. Ukraine was talking about joining the EU and joining NATO. Russia said this is unacceptable. Russia wanted leaders that were more sympathetic to Russia. America wanted leaders that were more sympathetic to America. And so you've had this steady escalation, certainly since 2014, but really for a long time before that. You had warnings from fairly serious American statesmen and foreign policy experts, people like Sam Nunn, people like George Kennan wrote the long telegram, people like Henry Kissinger, people like Daniel Patrick Moynihan saying NATO really shouldn't expand all, all this far into Eastern Europe. NATO really should be very careful about ex expanding into places like Ukraine because that's going to create a provocative situation and could lead us to war. And, and that, that's exactly what happened. And so now Biden feels some responsibility, but beyond that just recognizes that this is an imperial war like many, many wars throughout the history of the world. And so he's got to go there and show that he's serious about maintaining his territorial holding. Now, whatever you think about empire or nation, may, a lot of conservatives want to deny the fact that America is a global empire, but that's just like putting your head in the sand. It just is what it is. That's just a historical fact. I think back to Pericles in ancient Athens, who observed that it may have been unwise for Athens to accumulate the empire that it did. But regardless it would also very likely be dangerous to give up that empire once you're in it. These are just some of the very difficult problems of history. Sometimes the die is simply cast. 
My only observation about all of this is that the libs know how to wield political power. It's a point I keep coming back to on the show. The libs, for all their sins, for all their faults, for all their empty promises, the libs understand how political power works, how the real constitution works, not the capital C constitution written on that parchment paper that doesn't really reflect the way the American government works anymore and hasn't for a long time. They understand the real constitution of the people in the real way the power is wielded. This is why the left is so much better at wielding the bureaucracy than the right is. The right wants to deny that the bureaucracy exists. The right wants to delegitimize the bureaucracy, say it's, it's not to be found in the constitution, therefore we can ignore it. But power is wielded by the bureaucracy, and so the libs go in and they just wield it themselves. That's, that's a lesson that we could learn as conservatives, but we don't want to learn it. Instead, we hear these ridiculous platitudes by people like Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan is the squish Republican governor of Maryland. Larry Hogan believes that he's going to run for president in 2024. And Larry Hogan was asked about one of the biggest issues on the right, one of the most winning issues for Republicans, which is the curriculum battle, the culture wars in the schools. This is the issue that helped get Glenn Youngkin elected. This is the issue that helped get Ron DeSantis reelected and has really helped him maintain popularity in Florida. This has been a winning issue all around the country. Larry Hogan says, mm, I don't know, it kind of reeks of big government. My question to you is not whether this is a legitimate issue to be talking about. It's about whether this is the main issue or not. Do you view this as the main issue for 2024? No, I think it's an important issue, and I do hear it, and people are concerned about this as I travel around the country, because, you know, the, most people just don't think we should be talking about, you know, things like sex to young kids, and the parents want to be more involved in the decisions about what their kids are being taught. However, uh, you know, I think some of this rhetoric is, uh, you know, some, you know d- demanding that things be done a certain way or that you can't say this, or you can't say that. We've got to be really careful. I know. About- does it feel like you're going the other way? Like it, it's yeah. sort of like you're on one hand, you've Governor DeSantis claiming, hey, I don't want all of this, but I'm going to tell you exactly what you can say. And I'm going to say what you can't say. Well, I'm a small government, you know, common sense conservative. And to me, it sounds like big government and uh, authoritarian. Uh, you, you have to agree with me and I'm going to tell you what you can and can't do. So but it's an issue. It's not the most important issue. I think more people are concerned about the economy, mm-hmm. inflation. They're concerned about uh, crime. Right. Uh, but education is one of the things that we've got to talk about. Write down those two terms. Well, unless you're driving. I don't want you to crash your car. But pull over, write down those two terms, big government and authoritarian. Those are the terms that the squishes use to make excuses for not doing anything to stop the left. Those are terms that don't mean anything. He's saying that if we engage in the curriculum battles and and we say that children should be taught reading, writing, and arithmetic instead of how to chop off their genitals, that that's big government. That's just government. That's just, we vote for Republicans to run the government. And so if they run the government, that's what we elected them to do. You need a government. Every society for all of human history has had some form of government. Well, that's big government. No, it's big How is it the case that banning gay porn from schools is big government, whereas, say, banning the Bible from schools is not big government? I promise you, you talk to Larry Hogan, 
you say, hey, should we over, overrule that Supreme Court decision that said that you can't teach the Bible in schools? I, I would bet the farm that Larry Hogan would say, no, you shouldn't be able to teach the Bible in schools. We have a separation of church and state. We have religious freedom. That would be, that would be big government if we allowed the, the teachers to teach the Bible in schools again. Okay, so you can ban the Bible from schools. Well, how about we ban gay porn from schools? Well, no, you can't ban gay porn from schools. That's big government. Well, hold on, wait, hold on. It's big government when we ban good things. Or it's, it's big government when we ban bad things, but it's not big government when we ban good things? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, it's authoritarian. What do you mean authoritarian? You mean wielding any authority? Well, yeah, the civil authority has authority. That's why it's the civil authority. Civil authority is a good thing. That's what maintains law and order. And it's imperfect. That's why we seek to improve it. And we hope to have wise and just leaders. But simply wielding authority is not only a good thing, it is inevitable. It's necessary. That's what government is, man. But no, what these guys do, and you can, you can always hear it, they'll sound like they agree with you. They'll acknowledge the problems. The squishiest of writers, pundits, politicians, they'll say, look, a lot of people are concerned. A lot of people are concerned that the teachers are teaching kids about weird sex stuff in schools. Okay, yeah, you're right. We are concerned. So what are you going to do about it? Well, nothing. Because, you see, the minute we start doing stuff about problems, well, then, you know, there could be some unforeseen consequences. Well, yeah, I suppose risk is involved in any human activity, but you're going to, so you're just going to let the problem fester? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, if we wield the government to kick the liberals' gay porn out of schools, well, then, hypothetically, they could wield the government against us. You ever think about that? Uh, I have thought about that because they're doing that right now, and they've been doing it for 70 years. Yeah, well, yeah. But imagine how much worse it could get. But it's, I don't know. It's pretty bad, man. They're transing our kids. They're shutting down our churches. They're closing our businesses. They're, they're calling parents terrorists if they don't want, if the parents don't want their kids to get trans or be told that being white is evil. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's pretty bad, actually. Yeah, sure. But think about hypothetically how much worse it gets. Now, I'm not, I'm not worried about hypotheticals. I'm worried about what the libs are doing right now. And these Republican politicians who go along with the libs, they're the ones who say, well, look, transgenderism's fine, but this non-binary stuff is just too crazy. They're bad. But the ones who pretend to agree with you and then don't do anything about it, they're almost worse. Because they're just cowards. It's just pure political cowardice and moral confusion. A refusal to do the most basic thing that you're supposed to do as a ruler, as a governor, which is pursue good and avoid evil. It's the most basic element of statecraft. Speaking of wielding the government, which we need to do, I got an example of a great use of government. That would be in my state of Tennessee. That would be wielded by Bill Lee, Tennessee governor, who just a couple of weeks ago proposed $100 million spending, big spending, for crisis pregnancy centers. This year, I'm proposing a $100 million grant program to partner with nonprofits that serve mothers and fathers and families during a crisis pregnancy. With that, our Office of Faith-Based Initiatives has a unique ability and an important opportunity to engage nonprofits and community organizations. And I believe it's time to equip them 
with the resources they need to play a bigger role as we endeavor to better serve children and families. Now, we can and should have a healthy debate about policy specifics, but we can all agree that America is rooted in a commitment to human dignity. There was a significant shift in this country last year when it comes to protecting the lives of the unborn. And we now all have an opportunity, a moral obligation to support strong Tennessee families. My man, I love this. And I don't want to hear any squish say this is big government spending and we shouldn't have the government. Yeah, it's you should donate privately to crisis pregnancy centers. You should put your money where your mouth is to whatever degree you can. If you got one penny to donate or you got $100,000 to donate, give what you can. Also, we need to make this a public priority. And when it's a public priority, that involves the public authority. That involves the government. We're spending a lot of money on abortion mills in this country. How about we just redirect those resources to pro-life pregnancy centers. Instead of saying, hey, let's not spend any resources. No, resources are going to be spent. Power is going to be wielded. Let's wield it for good stuff, not bad stuff. Bill Lee, totally right there. I was thinking with the education issue, the, the debate over the curriculum wars, this is a great opportunity here in Tennessee to push through policies such as school choice. Great opportunity. Republicans have wanted school choice for a very long time. And it's an issue, I think, that can unite the libertarian side of the Republican Party and the traditional conservative side of the Republican Party, because right now the left has a lock on the schools, on the public schools. They have a lock on the public schools because of bad court decisions and because of corrupt politicians and because the Democrats are owned by the teacher unions. So what is being taught in the schools is just awful. It's vicious. Conservatives have done a pretty good job of working around the edges, trying to ban one book here, trying to fire one teacher or one course there. But it's very, very difficult because there's still so much power in those public schools. One way to take that power away and, and put that power in places where it ought to be wielded, I'm thinking of charter schools, I'm thinking of private schools, parochial schools is to push through school choice. Right now, in the Tennessee legislature, the Republicans outnumber the Democrats by more than three to one in the House, and they outnumber the Democrats by more than four to one in the Senate. This is a, and we've got a Republican governor, obviously. This is a great opportunity. It's really important for kids. It's a major winning issue for Republicans. It's one of the most winning issues that we've got out there. And it can be done. It can be done right now, and that would be a major blow to the libs, which rely on education. That's why they always want to get younger and younger kids, is because uh, the younger children are, the more malleable their brains are. So they want to set their brains when they're really, really young, so that uh, they can put them on the path toward leftism, liberalism, progressivism, whatever you want to call it. We can fight back. We can fight back against that right now. Because, as I've said for years, the classrooms are crystal balls. So you look at a classroom... And it's not as, unfortunately, the boomers and Gen X conservatives told us years ago. They said, oh, these snowflakes on college campus, wait till they get to the real world. That'll shape them up. No, what happened? The snowflakes got off the college campus and then they reshaped the real world. So what we've got to do is take some power back in the classroom. Tennessee legislature could do it. You've got my support, guys. If you want to do it, let's get it done. Otherwise, you're going to end up with more political craziness, much, much more. You're going to see that Overton window shift further and further and further. Even the military has gone woke. You saw this 
during the Biden administration. You even saw this under Trump, the military pushing back. General Milley talking about white rage. Remember that? <laughs> the Joint Chiefs of Staff talking about how, how uh, our servicemen need to focus on the real issues like white privilege and white rage. And then during COVID, what happened? Our military forced a vaccine mandate on our servicemen and women. These, the people who are sacrificing their lives, who are, who are putting it on the line for us to protect our country. These are very, very healthy young people, generally speaking, who faced very little risk from the coronavirus. They were told, no, you have to take the jab. One jab, two jab, however many jabs you can take of this experimental drug that has led to, I've got to choose my words very carefully while we're still on YouTube, then we can speak more freely over at dailywire.com. The jab that, like all jabs, has medical risks and, according to reports, would appear to have resulted in a lot of vaccine injuries. Well, one such person who is claiming a vaccine injury is Carolina Stancic, 23-year-old service member in the National Guard. After getting the primary series of Moderna, Carolina suffered heart attacks, a mini stroke, asthma, the list goes on. Carolina, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. So one, thank you for your service. Two, thank you for helping to expose uh, what seems to me at best rank incompetence, at worst real corruption in the way that our military is run. What happened to you? Um, Before I start, I have to disclaim that everything that I speak on, opinions, thoughts, and experiences are my own, not representing the DOD or the uh, U.S. Army. Uh, What happened to me, yeah, got the vaccine, was told that, you know, in order to stay in the service, you had to get this vaccine, uh, get it before you are going to be on active duty, uh, otherwise you're not going to recover. And so got it early while I was drilling and now I'm two years later, not recovering. Uh, what what were the injuries? What was the timetable? There, there are going to be yeah. some people who are skeptical. They'll, they'll say what the liberals yeah. say, which is, oh, actually, you just had an injury from the virus, not from the vaccine. Or they, they might yeah. say, well, it's just a coincidence and there's no data to suggest that this was from the vaccine. So wh- what's your take? Right. Uh, I was working in the ER at the time. And so I got tested all the time for COVID, never had a positive test come back. I got tested in the military, never got a positive test back. But when I did get the vaccine, I experienced things like fevers, which I'd never experienced in my life. Um, It was my first fever. I had numbness, uh, pressure in my chest, asthmatic complications, um, dizziness, a high heart rate, things like that. And I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew that it was weird. Um, I was a healthy individual. And so... I still don't know what I was thinking when those things were happening. I was told that it was maybe common, maybe just a weird side effect of the vaccine. How long did those symptoms persist? Because a, a lot of the vaccine peddlers will say, well, you'll have a couple of days of discomfort, but then it'll yeah. all go away. Uh, I got it shortly after the first one, within the t- first 24 hours. The second one, they had gotten worse, and that's when the fever started. Um, so that's about a month apart. And then 10 weeks later, diagnosed with asthma. Um, so that's 10 weeks in and October of 2021. So this is about uh, six months later, I had my first heart attack. And just since then, it's been going on. 
What did the doctors tell you after the heart attack? They were very nonchalant about it. Um, they didn't seem all that surprised. They didn't think anything of it. It wasn't like, oh, you're only 21. What's going on? Um, I was given drugs, uh, made me pretty loopy and then sent to bed rest. And I, I just remember like they gave me a lot of pain medications, things like that. Do you have a history of heart attack in your family? Is there, is there any other explanation that you can think of other than these shots? 100% no. Never been to the hospital a day in my life. I've been nine times since then. A lot more I want to ask you about, especially with what's going on with you now, where, where you stand vis-a-vis the National Guard. Uh, we've got to head on over to dailywire.com to do that in, in no small part because, <laughs> because we're on YouTube right now and YouTube yeah. doesn't want these sorts of things to get out. So head on over to dailywire.com. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. You can go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. We'll see you over there.